Today is Thursday, February 28th, the last day of February, which means tomorrow's going to be March, which means we are closer and closer and closer to opening day. We've got a Hicks contract to talk about. We've got an update on Clint. We've got some fun home runs and some and some fun spring training battles. Let's talk Yanks, babe. That was specifically to you. I call you babe now. John Boy Jake. Recaps galore and weekly awards. Stat lines, steaming hot takes. Your Yankees news with these two fine dudes. It's time for Talking Yanks. Talking Yanks with old John Boy. John Boy Jake. Talking Yanks with old John Boy. John Boy Jake. What's up? Welcome to Talking Yanks, which we on which we talk Yanks. Oh hell yeah! Nailed that intro. My name's John Boy, coming to you from New Jersey. I'm back home, and I got Jake. He's in Denver. He's back home. And before Jake even talks, I want to warn you: we left his microphone and his brain in Tampa, Florida. So, he might sound worse technically and physically. I don't know how to say that. Your takes will not only sound bad, but they will be bad. Boom. There you go. Can you hear me, Jim? Do you remember when they had the weird play last season and they they called in the rules expert and he was definitely like driving a truck on the highway and he's like, well... You know, the way I interpret this rule is the tag was made at third. And it's like, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> Get this guy they... in the booth <laughs> or don't call him. He's obviously on a freeway <laughs> driving. A truck. Called in the rules expert who happened to be driving the Winnebago on his family vacation. <laughs> Didn't see the play, but commenting was commenting on what he thought people were saying. So if I'm picturing what you're explaining to me, right. <laughs> I think uh, they got the call wrong. Where are you? What's going on? Well, anyway. What is... Hell of an intro. You talked about me forgetting my brain. You've been uh, a little a little bit here, a little bit there. No, no, no. I'm awesome. I'm awesome at intros. Okay. I'm the best intro guy in the game. I'm the best intro guy in the game? <laughs> yeah. So what you just said? If I did it the same exact... Every single time, they just they just hammer that fifteen seconds. Boring. They stay for the mistakes. Sure. <laughs> How are you, Jake? I said that you left your brain in Tampa. Uh, I got some texts from you today. So, like, you're my news source on here. I got a text from you that just said, "Lost my brain." Yeah. Got a couple texts from you at four thirty-seven p.m. You texted me, "Can't find my brain." Yeah. Yeah. And then at 7.23, almost three hours later, lost my brain, dude. So so what's going on? Yeah. I've, uh, I don't know, man. Kind of by the time I got home last night, it was like midnight mountain time, which after being on the East Coast, I was like, you know, 2 a.m. East Coast. So I was recovering from that. Woke up, did Jake John Boy, John Boy Jake radio, did, uh, and then I had, like, I felt a wipeout nap coming, 
like there was, there was no stopping it. Um, so I had a little bit of a wipeout nap and then KT sharp. A lot of you guys probably know her from, from Yankee stats. And we do a, a Huskies podcast, Yukon Huskies. She messaged me cause she's between travels. And this was the only day we lined up. She's like, Hey, we doing talking Huskies. And I was like, yeah, totally. I didn't forget. And then, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we recorded that, and then you asked me when we were going to do Talking Yanks, and I was like, yeah, when should we do JJR? And you're like, what are you talking about? Was and I was like, okay. So, yeah, it's a little bit of a missing brain. I uh, thought thought I was getting sick, but I think it was just straight travel fatigue. So, yeah, here here I am. Here we is. How well, are you doing, bud? I'm good. I'm excited to tell the people right. who is bringing them this episode. Right. Because it's a whole gang of special. Well, you and me. Nope. Nope. We didn't do anything. Okay. You know who it is? It's, ah, shit. I just asked you how you would pronounce this and you crushed it. You say the first name. First name, Maureen Denyon. Maureen Denyon. I skipped Maureen by accident a couple weeks ago. Wow. Uh, So, and I feel bad. So now we're going to say it three times. Maureen Denyon. Maureen Denyon. Maureen Denyon. Yeah. What's, what's the alternative to that? Denian? I don't know. Denian. Denyon. Yeah, I like that. Denyon. Who the hell put the bouillon cubes in the shower head? Was it you? Was it you? Was it you? Jonathan Fabry. Sorry, Jonathan. Jonathan Fabry. Troy Sutfin. Seen Troy around the Twitter sphere all the time. Always thought it was Suffin. Turns out one of those F's is actually a T. It's Troy Sutfin. Vince okay. Mora, that's a cool name. Should be like yeah. a detective in Beverly Hills. Kyle Avia and Jonathan Greenberg, old Greeny. Thanks, Greeny. Those nice. are those are our most recent Patreon subscribers. They are giving us two dollars a month. They get live access, behind the scenes access, um, a chance to win two jerseys each month. One via raffle, one via contest. Some extra features, actually. Tomorrow, one of my goals is to put up that one thing we did just for patrons. I have like five of them, so I just want to put one up tomorrow. That's my goal, but I'm super busy. But anyway, thank you to those people for supporting us and helping us out, and it's going to be a fun year. Jake, only uh, a game and a half has been played since last episode. We got a full rain out and then a half rain out today, and today's game wasn't even on TV. And that makes me so jealous that I, I, I kind of don't even like tuning in. Like I didn't tune in at all because it's either I'm going to listen to the radio and then that derails my productivity or I'm going to just be searching Twitter nonstop. And then that kind of sucks. So I just like mad at them for not letting me watch it on TV. So I'm just like, fine, I'm not even paying attention. Then I get the update that bird homers and I'm like, well, hell, I guess I'll tune in now. Birdie Homer, Chance Adams knocked around a little bit. Yeah, it was kind of funny. It's I, I think it's funny because we were we were up up to our ears in the Yankees spring training shenanigans for the past week, week and a half or so. And with the season coming, we're going to be back up into our ears and everything that we uh, I think you and I did an exhale today. And then it was like <laughs> it was like eleven oh five mountain time. And it was like Greg Bird homers. So I was like, OK, so we're doing it. If today's game was on TV. And I had access and I was going to like work it, you know, I was going to be like, God damn it. (laughs) I got stuff to do. I got PPPs to edit. But anyway, 
So we got a couple storylines we want to talk about. We, you you decide which you want to go into first. We got the Hicks contract. We got the update on Clint, and we got uh, the Bird and Chan- Bird and Voight race. Yeah, I think I think we start with Hicksy because that's. I mean, the guy was on the books this year, anyways. Um, there's there's a few few ideas going down. We we woke up together. We don't say that enough on the podcast. We woke up, and it was the seven for seventy. Which uh, was surprising a little bit. We've we've talked in the past how we haven't seen the Yankees do a ton of preseason extensions, and now we've seen a couple of them. We had a really nice moment with uh, Jack Curry. We were doing some dugout mug stuff around the stadium, one of the games, and then we saw Jack after the game, and uh, you know we were we were talking for a minute, blah blah blah, and I forget if I said something about the Hicks extension or or if it came up, and Jack Curry dropped a pretty nice like. Yeah, do you see who broke that story? I'm like, all right, Jack Curry, not oh, yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah, no. He was like, "Who told you that story this morning when you had your breakfast?" <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty good. So yeah, the Hicksy extension, and I think um, initial reaction was the seven years seemed shocking. I mean, that's just a number. We we've only seen Machado get that many years in free agency. So when you saw seven years, you're like, okay, that's pretty interesting. And then. So you you dive into it, and the first year is this year. So it's a six-year extension with an option for a seventh, which is still still I mean still a lot of years. When you keep going further, it's kind of I, I don't know if you got away from the years. If if I had woken up and it said a four-year extension for sixty million, I think it would have been like nice. We we locked up Hicks kind of for his prime. Let's get it. So then when you start factoring in the money for that, okay. And this is something I, I think you, you'll close this out with the couple things the Yankees have shown they're into. But I mean, when you really think about it, okay, so Hicks is on the books for six more years. He's a good value as a starter. The end of it might be a little sloppy, but at the same time, he should be able to transition to kind of a corner outfield backup Brett Gardner role if he really needed to. So kind of like the contract, Jim. Mr. Mr. Corncob Pipe, what do you think? If he rides this out, he will be a yeah, Yankee you for can't like talk with that in your mouth. For he will be a Yankee for eleven years if he goes to the end of this extension. Yeah, that's like what Gardner is right now. What what CC CC's ten? The way this contract is formed is so that if they need to trade him, uh, teams will accept it. The money is is spread out. That seems to be the thing. Ten years a year, ten mil a year, and spread it out. Uh, yeah, it's it's. I didn't see it coming. The Yankees they didn't like extending people. Maybe that's because they didn't have the personnel to extend. This is the first time we've really seen, you know, people come up worthy of extending and a young brass come it come up and they're extending them. So it's kind of the first time as fans are really going through this. Our, our age demographic of fans. So it's a bit different, but it's cool. It's a little shocking. Uh, I think it's good for both parties, right? I mean, Hicks gets paid. I wasn't like Hicks gets paid. So there you go. That's about, I mean, could he have gotten more? Maybe. Could he have gotten less if something happened? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I totally understand it from Hicks' point of view. I understand it from the Yankees' point of view. They like him. This is Cash's little baby, man. He traded three months of a backup catcher, John Ryan Murphy, to the Twins. Who is the yeah. GM? He's not the GM of the Twins anymore. What an idiot that guy is. Yeah. Cash probably... You think Cash sent him a text like, you're dumb? No. 
Yeah, he probably forgets his name. You think? You think what's more likely? No, Cash is good with names. We heard that while we were at spring training. Yeah, he's very tuned in. Yeah. You also heard that Brian Cashman introduced himself to someone that worked for him as, hi, I'm Brian Cashman. <laughs> yeah. Someone that works for the Yankees organization. <laughs> so uh, Nice to meet you. I'm Brian Cashman, not just Brian. Like, if you say, hi, I'm Brian, then you're allowing them to be on the first name basis. But Right. Oh, yeah, I know who you are because I'm just really scared of you and you're the boss. We, I just clench up every time you're around. Yeah. So, yeah, the, what I was trying to set you up there before, which you totally missed and you, you said it initially, was the, the two things the Yankees have shown they valued. AAV. Yep. And war. Oh, I said that to you when, in person. That was a yeah. personal conversation, Jake. It was just us driving around talking. Oh, I'm saying sources said that. Now you're admitting you said that. Oh, okay. I, I, I said... What this shows me is they definitely value AAV, which I knew beforehand. That I already know, but I was like, this slams it home. They'd rather yeah. spread it out over eight years than give it to them over four. And they also love war. Because that's it. Now, to some of you, like, obviously they like war. But I, I'm not saying I was more interested if every team, like if the Yankees have their own formula that they use. Like, this is our algorithm. And they may still, but, or, and if, like, they laugh at war, like, no, we don't use that. We use our own thing. I think Hicks is a war guy. Like, he is the perfect player that my neighbor, Louie. Yeah. Old man Yankee fan who just screams and yells. I love him. There's no way in hell my neighbor, Louie, thinks Hicks is a good player. Okay. Need to know now. He probably threw the remote. When he found out that this happened. I got to ask Me my grandma too. too. Like there's no way. Because Aaron Hicks is a war guy. Like actually all his underlying stats. And and he and he is good. He, he had a great year. I like the contract. But you know what I mean? I think this slams home that the Yankees really value those defensive analytics. The base running and everything little that he does. Do you know? Do you know I saw someone. Who is it? James Smith. One of the guys that works for Yes Network that tweets out stats, or it was the other one, I forget his name, Michael Nevin or something like that. True that most of some of Hicks' war comes from he doesn't get doubled up on double plays. Like that factors into there. And something else with base running. I was like, oh shit, that actually like goes into that that heavily. That's interesting. Yeah. Cause Louie, my neighbor, he's not he's not applauding that. I wish Louie would. Yeah, I think that, you know, some of the interesting parts is we've only seen kind of a good year and a half out of Hicks, but when it's right, it's right. And the story makes sense. Like, you can see it. The guys really respect him. The seven years, yeah, that was a little bonsai to read at first. Uh, Pretty solid extension. And Jim, the other thing that's kind of like a dirty secret, and a couple people will probably chew my head off for this, is that... I'll keep you my dirty little secret. Nice, nice. Getting good with the soundboard. A good amount of baseball free agents kind of are getting paid still. So, like, McCutcheon got that three for 50. We saw Mike Michaelis get an extension that was four for 68 the other day. So, Hicks, and, and again, a lot of you listening, and I'm not saying this in a, in a rude way, may not know who Mike Michaelis is. He was a starting pitcher for the Cardinals last year. 
it was his first year coming over from overseas. He had a really nice year. I think he got thrown on the all-star team late, or maybe he didn't, I forget. But again, the same price as Hicks, except three more years. And yeah, Hicks is a center fielder that in theory could be out there every day. So uh, like it. And the other, my other dirty little secret I'm, I'm sending around Jim sing, play the, play the, hit the soundboard again. Don't tell anyone or you'll just be another regret. I don't know the next line. I think it's egret like the bird. Oh, um, yeah. Who has to know? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I said this to you and I, I've now, I've now told a couple people, but I, I haven't magnified it but these contract extensions do i mean put a little more gusto on this season and i'll i'll tell you what people are going to be saying if if the yankees walk away win it all or i mean even like a a game game seven of the world series type thing you know that we'll be saying cash god he's locked all these guys up um you know we're we're building the next dynasty if we don't win this year and it falls out however it falls out I think you're going to see a bunch of people saying, oh, you know, we locked up. Why'd we lock these guys up? We haven't won any. These guys have never won anything. We got we got Stanton and Hicks on the books for the better part of the next decade. What are we doing? Um, so that's just a little FYI on that. I don't like that thought process that you have. I understand why you have it. Um, right. But like, come on. I mean, even if they make. It would be like if they miss the playoffs or they lose the wild card game or they lose in the D or they lose in the DS. I mean, it's still just because they don't win the World Series doesn't make the players bad and locking them up bad. Right. I I agree. I'm just I'm just telling you it's coming. Mm. I haven't seen a lot of hate for the Hicks contract, even for a lot of hate that he gets, like the people that just reference his batting average. I still haven't seen them come around. Yeah, I mean, it's uh. I don't know the the seven years seventy million. It's a it's it's an interesting contract. It could be great value. It could be kind of mad value. But there's there's not like a awful awful risk, especially when the last giant contract we gave out to a center field was seven for one seventy five. What do we give Jacoby? I don't know. Don't ask questions you don't want the answer to. Yeah, it can't it can't be worse than that. So there you go. I uh, I love all the quotes like Hicks saying he's pissed about the DS. Like I don't, I don't uh, associate that fighter mentality, that like edge, with his most recent quotes about how he's pissed. He's still like upset and uh, and hungry from the DS. It makes sense because he's a competitor in a professional sport, right? But I just don't like when he said those. I'm like, oh, Hicks said that. And no, the other thing, and I I know some people think we're too hard on Hicks. I've I've said a lot recently how how the uh i don't know like the guys definitely love hicksie they're in on hicksie and i i know we say he plays this future style of basketball or baseball basketball too you should see him on the basketball court it's insane plays on all fours it's literally insane when we were at the batting practices this week you could clearly tell the different caliber and players between like incredible to like quality major leaguers to like clear minor leaguers don't make fun of Billy Burns. Hicks, Hicks is legit. I, put, I didn't say any names. You just said it. Billy Burns was the least impressive batting practice we saw, correct? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. Sorry, Billy, but you didn't put one over an outfielder's head in like five rounds I saw you. Sorry, Billy. Sorry, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Clint, Jake, did you hear this news? Because we did our whole PPP on Clint, and now it's kind of 
going to be dated by the time it gets released, but I don't know if I have the energy to... Not necessarily. Well, it came out that um, they have told Clint to stop pressing and that he most likely is going to start in AAA unless an injury occurs. Uh, Clint has one hit in, in so far. He went 0 for 4 in the second game. We and, saw that hit. Yeah, we saw that hit. And I think he... Uh, people... I think he's pressing, and I think they don't want him to press. They don't want him to make a diving play and all that good stuff. So I think they're just trying to put this out there now. Like, Clint, do not hurt yourself. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think they – well, pressing pressing in baseball is bad. And I think, he, yeah, like Clint's the kind of guy that would lose sight of what spring training is. Like, spring training is supposed to be getting yourself the – in the best possible position for opening day. Like Giancarlo, Giancarlo! We, we, we've heard a bunch of the beat writers talk about it. Like Giancarlo has a clear spring training approach. Like he comes in, he doesn't swing full and he just aims opposite field to start. And then he eventually kind of works in the full field. And like, that's what he does. You guys want to building up. Let me do an impression of you watching Giancarlo's batting practice for the listeners. Okay. Dude, he didn't swing. Watch this. He's not going to swing. He's going to get a home run. He just did it. Not even swinging, hitting home runs. And I'm with you. It's true. But you were very, very aghast about it. It. So we were blown away last year at the size difference between Judge and Stanton because Judge is just so much more filled out. Mm-hmm. I was so much more impressed this time around watching Stanton. Like I, I saw Stanton's superpower. Yeah, it's that like, he just flicks his arms and he hits a bomb. He, oh, this this was the perfect description that you you were happy with me for a half second. Giancarlo Stanton swings a baseball bat at oh, yeah. at, at oh, live yeah. oh, pitching, yeah. Oh, yeah. like an old like picture your dad or a grandpa just pretending to hit a golf club. They don't have a club in their hands, and they're in they their don't office. Don't have a club in their and hands, they're in their they office made, building. They maybe have a spatula if they're flipping burgers or something. They're pretending the spatula is a club, but they basically just bend their elbow. From oh, their I have shoulder. it. I have it. I have it. Paul O'Neill okay. in right field practicing yeah. the swing is what Giancarlo does in the cage, but he hits bombs. But it's the same exact effort as Paul O'Neill just doing the motion in right field. It's wild. Well, it's to watch. Four, 440 foot home runs. Just doing an old man practicing his golf swing. It, that that was his superpower. I finally I finally saw it and I get it. Do you, what do you think about this Clint news? So you think it's good? I mean, I think that this now means. So if we take if we take everything Boone has told us at face right. value, and it's allowed to change. Like things are allowed to develop and situations are allowed to change. But say we're taking everything Boone told us and just saying, okay, well he's being honest, and if it doesn't change, that means. Clinton AAA, one of Voight and Bird is in AAA. The bench is Romine, DJ LeMahieu, and Wade. Well, we haven't heard anything about Tyler Wade, have we? No, but he would fill the spot. I don't know who else would fill that spot if Wade and one of Voight, Bird are in AAA. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you have to go from there to the... Who else would it be? Well, no, I'm, I'm just saying I, I'm going to spring training quotes and what matters. Like, like if this bird void competition carries out and it looks good, it looks good. 
I, you know, I, I think the, the Yankees are, the Yankees want to get the best out of their players for spring training. So the Clint quote could be that the first baseman fight quote could be that. Well, yeah, that's why I, I preface this with saying we can do this next, but I preface it with saying if we take it at face value, that's what it is. Yeah, well, I'm not. I guess that's my answer. I'm not taking it at face value. Tyler Wade doesn't make sense breaking breaking opening day with the team. Yeah, I think he makes perfect sense as a bench player who they don't care about wasting and they never have to start. I just think they've shown so much that they love they love versatility, which Tyler Wade has that, but they they want lineup flexibility. They want to be able to move DJ Lemay. DJ LeMay, who got paid to be their util guy. I just think whether the first base battle continues and both guys look good, you can use both those guys. Or, I mean, if, if Clint figures it out, which again, we're, we're what less we're three, we one and a half games in the spring training, you know, I mean, how much can we really measure so far? They, they just want to get the best out of their players. And I think they're hoping by saying the Clint quote and with the first base competition quotes, they're trying to get the best out of their guys. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that if Voight and Bird keep doing what they're doing, uh, which is if you haven't paid attention, Bird went two for two in his first game, then Voight comes up his next game and goes, hits a home run and a single. I don't know what Bird did in the game we were at. I know he took a walk. I don't know what he did in his other hit. Oh, he flied out deep to left field. He's going oppo. And then Bird today on Wednesday hit a opposite field home run that Coley Harvey said, I knew from the sound it was out. <clears throat> and Boone said, from the sound alone, you would think a righty hit it. Like that's how much Bird hit that opposite field shot with power. Like he right. drove it. Just cool quotes, so I guess it sounded cool. I I mean, now everyone's getting excited, which I'm all for. This is, this. I, I tweeted, I'm giddy. Like, if they just keep doing the, anything you can do, I can do better. I can do anything better than you. Every other day? It's going to be my favorite spring training if they just continue. It's like uh, at the beginning of last year's spring training, every at-bat, Anduar hit a home run or a double, and it was like, oh, my God. That's what yeah. this is. So it's really fun, but you're right. If I would, if they're both swinging like this the whole way, which is a big ask and it's not even really likely, but if they're both super hot, then I would rather them do a platoon or throw Giancarlo and left and keep them on the roster with the DH or something like that. Get the best bats on the team and Wade will go down the AAA. I think that's super expendable, but I also, yeah, and I, I, I said this last time, but, Tyler Wade just wouldn't start over anyone. Like it would, it would never make sense that Tyler Wade is starting. And I mean, it's still, again, it's like the, essentially the first week of camp. Like we have no injuries, but that's what Ronald Torres was like. He would never start over anyone, but when someone got hurt or needed a day, right. And he got booted off the team last year. I think we saw a transition that the team went from kind of that old school mentality where, you know, Louis Soho, Ronald Torres is a bench guy to now, the the way bench players are looked at is differently. Good counter. I agree. Thanks, babe. Oh, and that last roster spot's for Bryce Harper. So think, use your brain for one minute, maybe. Someone asked me about that in a DM somewhere today. They still were trying to say that they think it's more likely than ever. Who knows? But, but I would say I'm like 99.5% out. Love to be wrong. But I mean, think about it like this. For the next four years... We have Judge, Hicks, and Stan under contract. 
Imagine if they signed Bryce. I, I hate that we even talk about it. If they signed Bryce, they'd have four outfielders under contract for four years. Like, and three of them would be making decent money. And Judge, yeah. as soon as Judge hits arbitration, is going to be making great money. And they might even try to extend him before that to up his ar- they At the very least, they're probably going to buy out his arbitration years. Yeah, River, River Avenue Avenue with Blues had uh, a really good article about what a Judge extension could look like. Check that out if you're if you're into that kind of thing. Do you have a do you give us a, a breakdown or like a synopsis? Uh, they just compared it to some other players that have done it. They compared it to like Trout did one. They compared it to a couple other guys that yeah, you know, you you pay out two of the arbitration years and you know kind of figure it out from there. So we'll we'll see if they look into that. And Jim, this this kind of tied into my spiel that I said I wasn't going to tell people the um, you know treating it like a dynasty before it's not. From everything we've heard, it sounds like they want to re-sign Dellen. We've heard they want to re-sign Didi, but the Didi quotes don't sound so optimistic because I think if you're Didi's camp, I'm assuming what they're offering you isn't as appealing as is in their head currently. Fine. But it it sounds like they're treating this like they want – like we've, we've had some debates. Like I, I remember the first time I stumbled upon the fact that I was like, you know, if, if we sign Machado, I think that would be replacing Didi, not Andujar because I thought they were going to have to pay Didi. We've worried if Dellen's going to walk this offseason because we signed other relievers. They clearly care about their relief pitching and want to sign him. So, I mean, I don't know. Call, call me crazy. Call me maybe. I think they want to roll the ball out there with this team for a while. I mean, it makes sense. There's a lot of good players on this team. Yeah. For anyone that doesn't think so, go compare them to any other team. Yeah. There's like, Thanks. what, three? Three that compare? Four? Probably four. Four or five, I would say. Padres. Uh, Brewers. Corpus Christi. What was, what was the Mosquito? The Skeeters team? Yeah, Skeeters in the Atlantic League. The Round Rock Skeeters. <clears throat> the other thing we have to talk about that we haven't talked about was Tulo's home run versus the Jays. We saw it live and in person. I posted my view of it because I was filming it. Our PPP just came out about Tulowitzki. And we recorded that like, what, a week and a half ago? You're nervous about it. No, it just came out, so it's out already. But I was, I mean, I started yelling, like, even if Troy Tulowitzki is playing well, it doesn't make sense to sit DJ and make him, call, give him the Neil Walker, you're never going to play treatment, because as soon as DD comes back, D, like, DJ's playing. It, nothing makes sense. But I'm a simple, dumb-brained person, and Tulo hit, a flip shot, Jake. A flip shot. Yeah. Off a cutter. It's not even a good swing. I watched the replay. It's not a good swing. It sneaks out the short porch. First at bat of spring. Versus old team. And he's screaming the whole way around. Because we've been telling you he's got that Fremont attitude. Fremont. Fremont. And uh, I don't know. Baseball's the game of emotions won me over a little bit because it's just preposterous. Not like in a, I'm going to go to war for you, Tulo, but in a, you're crazy, dude. You're a nut job. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of dig it from a distance. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things like I, I feel like we're going to end up, I was going to say wasting wind. Is that a phrase sports analysts say? Wasting wind? Wasting wind? Um, just because, I mean, here's that's what a, I'm looking that's at. That's a sailing quote. Right. <laughs> that is a good sailing quote. Neil Walker had 113 games played, 400 plate appearances last year. And we, we fell in love with Disco Neil because how could you not? 
But Jim, in those at bats over the season as a whole, he batted 219 with a 664 OPS. Well, at the end of the first season, at the end of the season last year at the All Star break, we were we were all hated Neil. We're like, he's yeah, like, fucking get this guy out of here. Toe had a hundred a hundred at bats last year. Um, Tyler Wade, we'll see what version we may find of him at some point this year. He had 70 plate appearances. I saw an ugly, gross version of Tyler Wade at the airport the other day. Yeah, that was weird. That was spooky stuff. Yes, super spooky. And seeing that around. So, I don't know. Like, injuries just happen, um, whether they're serious or you get nicked. Um, I mean, the the year before that, Jim, Ronald Torres, a guy that we traded for nothing, had 336 plate appearances. And that was the year we traded for Todd Frazier. He ended up playing a ton the rest of that season. So, I mean, at-bats come. Like, I, I think if we're weirded out that DJ LeMahieu is on the bench opening day, which I think that's how things lean right now, yeah, and that seems bizarre because they paid him, like, that's not the final story. Like, everything's going to play out. And, I mean, just, just being honest, like, I, I don't know, man. S- stuff is going to happen. I can't buy into Tulo being healthy and good until I see Tulo be healthy and good for a few weeks because he hasn't done it in two and a half years or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But he was fired up after that home run. Sure was. Fremont. And you liked it. I think I'm going to make a Fremont shirt. And then we yelled Fremont at Tulo at batting practice. You did. And I think he heard it but didn't care at all. He didn't care too much. Do we talk about the moment we had with Hicks? No, it was a little weird. Hicks scanned the crowd and then his eyes lingered on Jake and I for, for so long that you and I felt obligated to say hi. We had to say something. Yeah. We were like, Hey man, <laughs> you're looking at us. <laughs> I mean, N for N, I think me and him and were for eye to eye. N for N means not for nothing for those. Not, not for, for nothing. Not for those not familiar with Jake's code over here. <laughs> <laughs> N for N. Hicksy and I, I think we were eyes to eyes. He saw us. He knew we were the talking Yanks guys. And he knew I'd been critical of him to a degree. And he was giving me a look like, I just got paid. What you think? No, I don't think it was all that. I before, think that- before we initiated, I gave him a hat tip and he gave me a hat tip. So we're just two center fielders that respect what <laughs> each other are about. Um, and then we told him congrats on the contract. And he, he gave us a thank you. It was so, weird. It was weird because you and I both. There was eye contact. We were like, we have to say hi because he's staring at us. <laughs> yeah. So, hey friend man. of the show. Hey, man. Congrats. I think he might have just, you know, maybe he was looking at the bathroom behind us thinking, I got a shit. <laughs> you never know. You never could have been looking at me and thinking the same thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Chance Adams got blown up today. It was. Uh, yeah. It was a ball that Glaber misplayed. Then it was like double, double, double diving ball past Voight. I don't know. He said uh, his, his quotes were like, I couldn't. Whatever. Who cares? It's spring training. I can't knock him because if CC did it or Tanaka did it, I'd say, who cares? It's spring training. Yeah, it's a classic spring training. What slash does anything matters? I mean, it, do- it doesn't help Chance Adams' case. Well, he's a guy that would like to be doing well in spring training. Right. Like if, if it was, if it was March 26th and chance Adams had, you know, a, a one six ERA and had been striking out more than one guy in inning, people would be like, Oh, let's give him a chance. Throw him back out there. Uh, you see what happened today. And you're like, yeah, 
Uh, Voight made a nice pick today at first. And that was the thing. Voight wanted to prove that he's a good defender. So there you go. Birds hitting home runs. Voight's making picks. It's fun, man. It's fun. The competition is really fun right now. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think the only other thing I have. Uh, we got some voicemails. So Yeah, on, on some, some live Yankees, Yankees stuff. Someone asked us if we do some 40-man stuff. And I kind of told them in a nice way, like, it's. Oh, they were asking, like, you know, would would we, you know, put Mike King or those kind of guys on the forty man? And I think I don't, I don't know people's familiarity with it, but the forty man rules are kind of like if someone's on it, you don't take them off until you absolutely have to. So it would be like the day they were going to call up Mike King or someone like that, then they'd move someone off the forty man. But right now, I I don't think fans or ourselves have to be too too worried about that. Yeah, someone asked me who I think is the sneaky going to make the team guy. Right. And I said Wade. I think he's the only one that I think would shock a percentage of fans. I think Sessa a little bit. Uh, yeah, and, I, and then he asked me my sneaky DFA. And I said Sessa is the only guy I think we may see get DFA'd because – but that's not sneaky. I said, maybe Canely, if he's throwing his velocity's dipped and he's got no options, I think they'd try to trade him somewhere. Yeah. But I was, if I had to choose a sneaky DFA to clear up the 25 man, I don't know if Canely has options though or not. I thought he didn't. I think the only one we're, we're missing who a lot of Yankee fans wouldn't know would be Joe Harvey. He's kind of a minor league reliever. Who's got some nice stacks. I guess, Heller, if Heller comes back and he's not recovered, he's kind of a wild card. But he's on the forty man, right? Heller, yeah, he's on the forty. He's on the forty, and he's yeah. got, he's got options, so they can just put him in, put him in down. Like they're not going to take him off the forty before the season starts, right? Only person um, that would do that would be uh, Sessa. I don't know if Canley has options or not, but I. It it'd be interesting if they need a body, and I I mean the other thing that we're we're kind of ignoring, and we'll see how it all plays out. But what about uh? Sir Jacoby Ellsbury at some point. Um, yeah, no, he's just going to be injured all season. Okay. Honest bet. Vegas roulette table, gun to your head, whatever fa- makes you feel better. Will Jacoby play a game in pinstripes for the New York Yankees or in the away uniform in 2019? I'm going no. I'm a gambling man, and that's the only reason I'd go yes, because I could almost see it again. I mean, we saw Shane Robinson in the Yankees outfield last year, which which blew my mind. I'd like a picture of Jacoby. Jake, we haven't seen the man since spring training of 2018. Well, maybe we did see him. You're talking about Stump Merrill? (laughs) Jacoby could have put on a lot of weight. If you guys don't know Stump Merrill, we, we, we did some Google. And some of you guys have seen pictures on the internet. No, there's a 22 gone, gone viral now. There's a 22 roaming around spring training. Who's the guy that lives up to the name Stump Merrill? He's an old man that just owns Yankee spring training. He acts more like the manager than Boone does. He's and I everywhere. think the, I think the guys know it. And he he like Stump Merrill probably is like, all right, next crew for BP: Andujar, Jeter, Posada, Hixie. And everyone's like, Stump, what are you doing? He, he puts on the full uniform every morning and is 
He looks Every, good in it. The stripes like, are slimming. You don't have to do all that stuff. Where's that? There's that old. There's an old picture of him when he was a a, a minor leaguer, and his neck is almost big neck, like real big neck, big neck guy, huge neck. All right, let's do voicemails. That's all we got, right? Let's do it. I I don't think we've seen a picture of Jacoby for over a calendar year now, and if if there was an opportunity, I think people would have sniped one. That's a little bit odd. Bit odd. Just rehab rehabbing hard in Arizona. Here we go. What up, guys? Andrew from Hell's Kitchen. It is a day of celebration. Hicks has been extended. I have been defending the guy since the end of May when he had a 730 OPS and people wanted to replace him with Clint for some reason. It was never really a question in my mind. Uh, His underlying stats are there to back it up. Really good defensive center fielder. Uh, he is probably, this deal is going to look good because he is probably going to age well because of his walk rate. And, uh, he is good enough to play the corners when he gets older. And, uh, what are your thoughts on him, uh, putting on muscle? Do you think, uh, it's gonna, do you think it's gonna make him more injury prone? Do you think it's going to, uh, limit his range? Do you think it's going to increase his power? Do you think increasing his power is worth it? Or do you think uh, nothing's going to happen and it's just a BS storyline, which is where I'm leaning. But uh, I don't know a lot of the – I don't know the stuff behind it, so uh, I want to get your thoughts on it. Thanks. All right. Thank you, Andrew, from Hell's Kitchen. How many center fielders get jacked? I'm trying to think. It's usually a wiry position. Yeah, I mean, you you get some meat out there. I mean, someone like Jim Edmonds um, towards the second half of his career wasn't, I I don't think, traditionally skinny. I I think you get get some power out there. Aaron Rowan types. Pilar's not, like, lanky or skinny. He's not? No, Pilar's got some meat on his bone. I think of, (laughs) I googled Pilar, just Pilar. No, nothing else. I just got a, got a bunch of pillars. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, I will say this. it's uh, People always say you don't sign long contracts and stick the guy in center field because, you know, he'll get beat up there. But that's where Hicks will play. So Andrew makes a good point that you pay a center fielder a lot of money and he can eventually slide over to the corners once he starts aging a little bit. Yeah, and I, I think maybe center fielders are changing a little bit. I mean, I, I just... Jakey Googles, top 10 center fielders right now. I mean, Mike Trout, they had Cody Bellinger listed. Um, Lorenzo Cain ain't small. They got Hicksy at four. Those George guys Springer aren't small. Those guys, the, the, all those guys you named don't have the, the arms Hicks has. Like, not even close. Uh, Trout's a pretty big guy. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, Hicks' arms are huge. Yeah, Hicks is pretty roped up. I mean, they have him listed at 61202. I'm not talking about um, those. I'm just talking about his biceps are huge. Yeah, I mean, I, I think these guys are pretty big. They're pro athletes, and I, I think Hicks has a good cameraman too. I mean, Lorenzo Cain's listed at six two two oh five. I I think uh, you know that lanky Juan Pierre center fielder is a a little bit of a thing from the past. Yeah, I don't know. I'm googling. That all being these... said, let let let's see the guy hit the ball. <laughs> yeah, I'm googling all these guys, and they are not. Even in Hicks's range of muscle, in their arms. 
I was taking those okay. videos zooming down. It's crazy. It's nuts. I don't. Th- I don't know how yeah. it's going to affect him. Hicks did say that he put on muscle because he wants to have more power and he wants to hit over thirty home runs this year. So is there a direct translation? Easier to just do steroids. Yeah, that's uh, that's our big thing. Yeah, Hicks, just be healthy and do your thing, and we are completely fine with you at this point. Well, because every time we even say anything, we just get told we're haters. And it's like, didn't we say he was really good this year and we don't want him to change a thing? And he's like the best second best center fielder in the American League. We said all those things and we still get DMs and tweets. You guys are haters. You're haters. Shit. Shit. Next voicemail. Hey, John Boy. Jake doesn't suck. This is Carlos and Damien from South Carolina. We want to ask you a quick question. Uh, what are your thoughts about that dinner with Machado? Uh, what happened there? Because it seems that the Yankees were very interested, and nobody's talking about this, but Yankees were very interested. Then they had dinner with him, take him out, maybe gave him some drinks. The guy went, did something, I don't know, maybe tried to kiss Cashman's wife, and now the Yankees didn't even make an offer on him. What do you think could have possibly happened in that dinner that changed the Yankees' mind about the guy? I love you guys. Great shows. Keep going. Thanks, Carlos. I don't, I don't, I don't, the Yankees took Machado out to dinner. I mean, if you listen to CC on R2C2, he says that the Yankees for a while didn't talk money with him either. It was like his family, his life situation, the city of New York, the clubhouse, all that kind of stuff. So I'm guessing that's what that dinner was. And I'm going to guess the Yankees had a price range and years. And Machado knew what it was, and they knew what it was, and they knew it wasn't the highest offer. But this whole semantics about an official offer is, is the worst part about this offseason, maybe, because everyone's like, the Yankees didn't even give it an official offer. Listen, Machado's camp knew what the range and the years and the money was, and Cashman had given out range and years and money. It just wasn't written down in paper, slid across a desk, with the nice typeface and all that stuff. Like this uh, semantics over official offer is silly. I don't think anything happened at that dinner. I just think they weren't close to what he wanted and got. Yeah, it's, I think I think you're completely right. I think it's official offer gets gets blown away cuz we saw some stuff come out that said the Yankees were around a 8 year 240 260 I saw a bunch of tweets like that and I mean maybe we'll get some good details in a Jack Curry or Brian Hoke book in a few years that that have something else but I think the Yankees had their range they probably told Machado you know if you want to do something tighter we could we can land in if you want to do a 3 year type sum we can land in here if you want to do an 8 year type something we can land in here and that's kind of where we're at I think they did the same thing in theory with Harper, and I think that's why there was no actual discussions. I, I think you know Harper's agent came full on and was like, We're, "We won't sign anywhere ever for under three hundred million." And I think the Yankees and their analytics team probably had Harper as kind of similar money to Machado, like eight years, two sixty. Like, well, if you guys are interested in that, we'll dance. And it just didn't happen. So I don't think anything happened at that dinner. I think I think terms were kind of laid out. And if if it, it was, it's if you want to be a Yankee, this is kind of where we're at. And it didn't happen. Yep. So we're in agreement. Hey, what's up, John Boy and Jake? It's Sam calling from the Jersey Shore. Not on the, not in the bathroom, not on the toilet. Like last time, I'm in the car. Uh, I have a bunch of points want to make. 
first of all, one's kind of a grievance I have. I'm kind of annoyed with Major League Baseball, and the, not just with the Players Association, but also, also the owners. Every contract that's happening now is factoring in a strike. If you know a strike is happening, do something about it. It's pissing me off. Um, sorry about that. And the other point I wanted to make is I love the Hicks signing because I'm a big Aaron Hicks guy. I know you guys are a little iffy on him and his approach at the plate, but do you think this means that Florio's out? Do you think this means Clint Frazier's out? What do you think the implications are around the field? Love the PPPs. Love what you guys are doing. Have a great time in Tampa. Keep kicking ass. Adios. Thanks, Sam. Uh, the strike question, the CBA agreement isn't up for two years, so there's there's nothing to be done about that conundrum until two years from now. So if you're looking for an earlier solution, it's simply not going to happen because it doesn't need to happen until two years from now. About Hicks, how it affects Florial and Clint, I don't think it affects Clint in the slightest. I think the goal is to have him platoon with Gardner this year eventually and take over left field next year, which leaves him in the same switch Gardner for Clint next year and same thing. Florial, I mean, you could keep him for a couple years. He's still only in double A, and his stock dropped, so you never know. But I think this makes it, if a team says, we want Florial, I think it makes it much easier to be like, okay, take him. Yeah, these these things have a way of sorting themselves out to a degree. Um, you know, if Clint Frazier comes up and he's got it, you know, then this Florial becomes kind of, super expendable if needed you know maybe maybe Frazier doesn't end up fitting in maybe there's a right trade deal with him and then you know Florial's the guy that is a year or two away and if he fits at the time he fits at the time if not you make a move from there um you know we we've talked about and me and Joel Sherman had a nice conversation on the Twitter when I say conversation, I mean, Poppy Gordo owned him. No, I don't know. What if, you know, Florio was never really supposed to be a part of this year anyways. What if he does have a really nice year developing? You know, I think things could get really interesting really quick. We've sh- we've seen how much they value defense in left field. You know, you could have, if Florio pans out, you could eventually one day have a really rangy outfield with, you know, Florio Hicks judge, something like that. So. These, these things take place over time. It needs to develop. Like you said, if the right trade comes along, you know, it, it would probably hurt less now to move one of those guys. But we'll, uh, we'll see. Let it, let it play out. Yeah. Yep. I think that's all we got, Jake. You got anything else you want to say before we close? Okay. Not really. I, I've got a new Glaber Torres theory that I've been telling everyone that will listen to me about that because he had power. He got in the gym this offseason, and he's going to have a lot of power, and he's going to be an absolute monster. I think it's a little bit scary. We haven't <laughs> – we've seen Andujar playing third, but nothing looks like it's changed. And, yeah. I'm not going to be – You're scared about Andujar. The video that Hoke posted, I don't want to be a uh, uh, couch – You're a hater. What's a couch quarterback or whatever, backseat driver? I don't know what the term is for this. Sure. I'm not an expert. I'm not a third base coach or an infield coach, but the videos that Brian Hoke posted of Anduar taking ground balls and DJ LeMayu taking ground balls didn't look great for Anduar's defensive 
abilities changing from last year. Yeah. So is that, am I allowed to say that? Yeah. I mean, people, people not be happy with it and Hey, hopefully we're completely wrong. And it comes, it's just, it was really weird that he had all off season to visibly change something, even if just in your own head to believe you've changed it. And that's going to be the difference. And he's like, no, I, I still like the double pump. I'm comfortable with it. And yeah. And it's like, all right, dude. But if, if you're not good at third base again, we're in a tight spot. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see. We'll I mean, see. you're not going to, you're not going to kick him off third for a video of on the backfield fielding grounders. We'll see how it looks in the game and all that stuff. And still uh, got hope he improves, but yes, I'm a little scared of it. Weary. Paxton looked okay. Weary. I didn't really, we watched that game live and you can't really see pitching that well live when you're at a game. Yeah. Especially when, uh, you're just drinking out of your dugout mug, getting drunk. Wow. Wow. Wearing your affordable jerseys. All right. Just, just plugs to end it. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. We'll be back tomorrow with another PPP. It's on uh, Brett Gardner. And then we got another PPP after that. And uh, we back when? Monday? Another full episode? Keep sending in voicemails. 908-845-5792. 908-845-5792. Eight four five five seven nine two. Whoever taught me just to do baseball numbers was nine zero eight. Yogi, Luke Voigt, Chad Green, Maris Jeter. Whoever said that to me, kudos to you, because that's what my brain does every time I think of the phone number. So thanks. So call in, leave some voicemails, get in touch, and uh, go Yankees. Tell them, Grams. Go Yankees. Still got to change that to the upbeat one.